The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. Welcome to Bare Knuckle Boxing on the Rocks is what it's going to be this week. If you guys are looking for the MMA talk, that's the last episode. This is episode 163. My name is Bill Welker. Today is Sunday, October the 20th. Last night I attended BKFC 8 at the Florida State Fairgrounds in Tampa, Florida. Before I break down the entire fight card, I have a guest on the line. I'd like to welcome all the way from across town in Clearwater. <laughs> <laughs> Professional mixed martial artist, Florida State welterweight champion, and undefeated bare-knuckle boxer, Dave the Redneck Mundell. Dave, how are you feeling this evening, my friend? Puffy. <laughs> A little puffy. <laughs> A little puffy. So you're coming off a, a second-round TKO victory over Ronnie Forney last night. I thought it was a pretty one-sided fight, but even a one-sided fight and bare knuckle boxing doesn't come without its dings, so to speak. Yeah, um, for sure. So from the outside looking in, it, it looked like you were getting the better of him the whole time. You had awesome head movement, great footwork. You were getting away out of the way of a lot of shots, but you know, without, without the padding on the gloves, it cuts are pretty easy. Hand injuries are pretty easy. Talk to me about how you're feeling today. Uh, like I said, man, puffy. So uh, obviously I hit him a hell of a lot more than he hit me, but the few times he was able to connect, uh, decided to take its toll for sure. I got out of the first fight scot-free, so I, I feel like I paid twice fold for this one. For sure. and I, I mean, you've got a ton of MMA experience as well, uh, both amateur and professional, all across the state of Florida, all across the country, really. What's the difference when you're hitting somebody as hard as you can without without those gloves on? Do, do you hit somebody really hard and feel like you got to hold back on the next one because you don't want to break your hand or you just say, fuck it, you know, let's do this? Like, wh what's your mentality in there? Definitely say, fuck it, because you definitely feel it. And I remember, I remember a few times looking down at my hand uh, when I clinched up with him and like making sure it was still intact, and then saying, "Well, I guess we could keep throwing these." <laughs> yeah, like it's already busted. You might as well just keep flinging it at him. Yeah. <laughs> Did you feel like yeah. you were going to finish him in that first round? Um, I feel like if I had another, you know, ten to fifteen seconds, I definitely uh, would have finished him in the first round, but. You know, it's a short round, so we're forced to stay moving fast. And yeah, he got lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, he he hung in there. I I, I thought he wasn't going to get off the stool for the second round, tell the truth. But yeah. you know, he got in there for a little bit longer anyway, and, and you got away with the finish. Now you were going for a, a collar tie where you kind of pulled him into an uppercut, uh, kind of similar to what you use at BKFC six. You like that collar tie? Is that because of the grappling background or is that just kind of the style you you feel like works for you well with the bk with the bare knuckle i mean i just feel it it, it works well overall as you know once i have the whole a hold of the back of your head i know exactly where your face is at 
you know, so you can't really slip and move. So those are all free shots. You know, anything mm-hmm. you throw from there is not going to be significant. You know, it's not going to it's not going to put me on my ass anyway. So I just get to unload until you move. Mm-hmm. Now, when you're pulling his head into your fist to to put it uh, bluntly for the listeners, does that put more or less stress on the impact on your hand? I guess it just depends on where you hit them. <laughs> yeah. If you hit them in the forehead, it hurts a little more. If you hit them in the, you know, the chin or the cheek, it's not as bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now I saw you working his body a little bit last night as well. Uh, that's not a typical strategy that I've seen in the bare knuckle. Is that something that you planned ahead of time to do? Or is it just an opening you saw? Uh, tell me about the strategy there. I just feel like it was an opening, you know, I just, you know, all my fights, I try to go in there and I just try to dissect my opponents and see what's open and, and I just hit my targets, you know, so he, he kept curling his hands up high, trying to protect his face in a lot of situations. So I just try to put some working on that body. Mm-hmm. You feel like it's an effective strategy in bare knuckle or you think it's something that that's best left to like traditional boxing or, or what's your feeling on it now? Oh, I definitely think it takes its toll, although I don't think it had its time to set in on my fight because it ends a little faster. But if it, if we would have wound it up going into the later rounds, I definitely feel it would have slowed him down. Mm-hmm. And he was already getting tired, so there's no saying that that was or wasn't from the body shots. But I know I felt they were they were mushing in there nicely, so I feel like they were taking their toll. Definitely mushing in there since uh, your opponent happened to miss weight. Uh, how did you feel about <laughs> that going into the fight? I was I was a little bitter about it, you know. Uh, we had a, uh, it's a long story, but and they we tried to get the fight at a heavier weight just to make it easier, you know. It's just we're just going out there almost to have fun. It's not an, expo- an expedition because obviously we're trying to kill each other in there, but it's mm-hmm. just it's different than from our sport, you know. I do MMA and so does he, you know. So I just figured let's just make this easy. Let's just let's just run it at the weight we're walking around at and. Mm-hmm. and go from there and he told me no that he wanted that a lighter weight and i of course i made weight i'm a professional and he comes in two and a half pounds heavy and it's and it's like he didn't even care yeah for for the standard that he set the weight that he asked for and he yeah. still didn't make it uh so that that's kind of a bummer and do you feel comfortable doing that with the weight uh because you feel like it's less tiring than mma or is it just kind of different uh you know what's the what's the thought behind that you, you know, that's a that's a good question, I guess, uh, mainly because it's different. You know, like I feel like my almost like uh, my home sport. I don't know if that's the right terminology, but like mm-hmm. MMA is my goal. Like I want to become a champion in MMA. Don't get me wrong. I love the bare knuckle. It was fun. It's exciting. I would mm-hmm. definitely do it again. But I, I, I would I, I strive more to be a champion in Bellator or UFC than I do in bare knuckle, you know, mm-hmm. so me doing that was just like let me just you know let me just have fun with it i got a wedding coming up and getting married i'm not sitting here and trying to <laughs> be too crazy about this you know i just wanted to go have fun yeah for sure so since you brought it up uh you got a wedding but it's coming up in in what two weeks yes sir so uh i i gotta ask this question now you had this wedding planned out and then this bare knuckle opportunity comes up. How did this conversation go with the fiance? How did you bring this up and, and how did she respond when this first came about? <laughs> she's, I think she's laughing because I think she can hear you. Um, 
All right, so originally the mm-hmm. fights were off limits. Like uh, we, I knew, like a month, a month to a month and a half out from the wedding, I wasn't supposed to be able to fight. And that's that's not be, that's not due to damage. That's due to like just being able to sit down, focus, and take care of things we need to need to do for the wedding. Sure. you know, uh, a lot of time. Um, but when it had came up, you know, Coach Coach Blit is smart. He talked to her before he even it told me about it. So the- <laughs> We had our conversation here at home, and it kind of led into things, and it and it just seemed a really smarter move than uh, to say no to it, you know. And uh, going into this fight, yeah, like, I, I I thought for sure, like, okay, I'll just not play it safe, but play it smart, stay on the outside, avoid getting hit and stuff. But I got to say, you know, I had two other teammates or three other teammates fight that night, but two other before me, and they both got first round finishes. You know, between that and then I come out and the crowd just, I mean, the energy in there was surreal. It was, they are all going crazy, you know, and it just pumped me up. And it's like, I, 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 I don't normally fight like that, but I was like, I was like, just like, screw it. Like they want to see a brawl, you know, like, let's just give it to them. It's two minutes. Like there's no way I'm going to get tired. And bottom line is I knew I was better than this kid. I just felt like I was, I knew that if, if I pushed the pace, like I would finish them. Definitely yeah. didn't think I was going to get cut as much as I did, but Hey, you know, it was a good time. The crowd loved it. Everybody was going crazy, and and I feel like I gave everybody what they wanted to see. Yeah, you, I mean, you say you're doing this for fun, the bare knuckle thing. You you know what they're looking for. You say you were brawling, but what I saw still looked pretty technical. I I mean, I know you don't get hit a lot generally, and, and you did get touched up a little bit here, which is why maybe it seemed like a brawl. But you were moving your head off that center line quite a bit, and, and moving your feet and cutting angles. Um, you know, it, it was, it was, you were looking good in there. You weren't just swinging wild. Like we saw, um, in, in some of the other fights, but, uh, let's go back to this wedding thing because that was not the answer I was expecting. So, so coach cut ahead at the pass and went to your fiance first to let her know about the fight. So did she bring it up to you or did you hear it from your coach? Uh, she's actually the one who broke the news to me and said, so, you know, your coach wants you to fight on this day. And I was like, Oh, does he? kind of like broke the ice there and one thing <laughs> led to another mm-hmm. yeah and like you said it's about you know being able to take the time for the the preparation of the wedding and stuff because being in a fight camp you have to be kind of selfish because you got to spend a lot of time in the gym you got to spend a lot of time with your recovery and everything like that um and that's not the ideal situation when you're trying to plan a wedding i imagine oh it, it definitely uh you know imposes challenges but uh, I feel like, you know, uh, we have a I have a good system. I have a good household. You know, we were able to make do with uh, with the time we had and make the most out of it. You know, it's the intensity level of my training went up. Obviously, it wasn't as often, but that also allowed me to train harder at the times that I actually was able mm-hmm. to get in there, which was still way more than the average person. You know, when I say that, I'm still training five times a week, you know, but Usually when I'm in camp for an MMA fight, I'll be in there six, seven days a week, four to five hours a day, you know, and yeah. here I was maybe two hours, two hours a day, you know, five times a week, which is still a lot, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for anything, but it's, it's a little bit shorter rounds, you know, we have five of them, which is more than a regular MMA match, but it, it's only two minutes opposed to five minutes. So I felt like it was cake work for sure. And now I, I got to ask the tough question. How's the future Mrs. Mundell feeling? about this bare knuckle fight now that it's over 
And and now that you got a couple of scratches and, and maybe a swollen hand uh, going into the wedding, it, does she feel like it's going to make a good story or, or maybe a little ticked <laughs> off about it? She said a little bit of makeup, but as long as I'm allowed to hold her hand while we while we're at the end of the aisle, we'll be all right. <laughs> okay, we we got to make sure that ring fits too, buddy. How how are the hands feeling? <laughs> uh, they're they're uh they're not as bad as I thought they were going to be yesterday, man. As soon as I got done with that fight, I could just feel them throbbing. But today, mm-hmm. I mean, they're a little poofy, but I'm I'm still able to open and close them and do my regular things, and I wear my elastic band. You know, uh, as so, it, like it, it, it's all, it all fits though. They're my fingers themselves, or it's more the middle of my hand. I don't know how to explain it, but mm-hmm. it's good here. All right, well, we'll just move on then. So, congratulations <laughs> on the win, and congratulations on the upcoming wedding, and, and a bigger congratulations on marrying someone who's okay with you taking a bare knuckle boxing match two weeks before <laughs> the the wedding. That's that's a very special thing, my friend. You guys will be able to look back in a couple of years. I'd say, honey, remember before the wedding when I fought that guy with my bare fists at the, <laughs> at the, at the state fairgrounds? I think that's a sweet story. It's very unique. Um, what? So let, let's talk. Go back to the preparation for the fight. Do you do any research on your opponent? Because it, it's not like you're fighting in MMA anyway. Uh, so if they don't have a bare knuckle boxing match, is there really like any game planning involved, or are you just focused on yourself? <clears throat> So with this one, um, I, I go back and forth with this a lot. And I just even on regular like MMA fights, like you, you're supposed to study your, your opponent and all that stuff. But I feel like sometimes that actually does worse things for me. It gets me hung up on things I don't need to worry about, you know. Mm-hmm. So with the last the last three fights I've done, which I've all been boxing, bare knuckling, but I've not looked up my opponent. I've, I've, I've maybe watched like a 15, 20 second clip of them throwing like a combination just to kind of get mm-hmm. a feel of their, you know, their intensity levels, I guess. And then I let my coaches do the rest mm-hmm. from there and just tell me what I need to work on, you know, and I kind of myself, I prepare for everything because I've watched video and then have went in there and somebody has, you know, completely looked completely different. So I just mm-hmm. go in there ready, trust my coaches, and I do me now more than worry about what they're going to do. You know, I don't avoid anything. I just do what I want. Right, and that's probably a, a better strategy in general. But I, I always wonder about that because it's not like you can see a lot of footage of people bare-knuckle boxing. I mean, you're one of the more experienced bare-knuckle boxers with two fights. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think the, the most anybody has at this point is four or five something like that. Um, but it, it seems to be growing. They seem to get some bigger names involved. Uh, it looks like Vanderlei Silva and Fabricio Redoom are jumping on board. Uh, what do you feel? Uh, how do you feel about being part of an organization uh, with names like that on it? Does that mean anything to you? Um, it's just another day, man. It, I, I feel like, uh, you know, I, I feel like the, the promotion itself is doing what, what they should be doing to, you know, to grow, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, so I guess being a part of it does make makes me feel good that they want me. But I, I already feel like I belong. there. You know, like I, uh-huh. I don't take any shortcuts when I train and I push hard and I, I, I feel like I belong where I'm at. And I actually feel like I belong on even bigger stages. And mm-hmm. if they happen to get there first and so be it. But if not, then, you know, I'll get there one way or another. Yeah. So we are we looking to get back into MMA? Uh, if a bare knuckle opportunity comes up in the meantime, you jumping on that, just kind of, you know, riding the wave and seeing what comes along or, or do you have a plan in mind? 
Uh, I, I don't have anything planned right now. Um, we're kind of just, I guess you said, riding the wave, you know, mm-hmm. uh, get through with my, my wedding first and then, you know, take a little bit of time off and spend time with family and then get back on track and figure out the new schedule. Sounds good. Forever changing, you know, with kids and stuff and, and keep pushing from there. Find something up for sure. I know how that goes. I, I like what you said, how you know you belong there. When, uh, Vanderlei Silva should feel lucky to be a part of an organization with Redneck Mundell. That's the way That's the way you got to look at it. <laughs> All right, my man. Um, you got any uh, You got any shout-outs or any any sponsors you want to thank, people who helped you along the journey? The, the floor is yours. Uh, I would like to thank uh, one of my biggest sponsors is Rip Life. Uh, Rip Life 1, actually, and then they also have, like, Snooks Layers, uh, two ATs. Um, Outlaw Customs, Bueno Fresh Meals, Florida Alternative Medicine, and Weight Loss. Um, list goes on. Bodie Kyle practice, of course. You know my uh, my my team, Gracie Clearwater. You know anybody and everybody that's that's helped me uh, train. Uh, there's so much. Just I mean, I'd be here all night if I had to list everybody. Everyone makes this possible. All the fans that came out to support me, and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you definitely bring out the crowd, especially. In the there. Tampa Bay area. All right. Well, Dave, I'm going to let you go rest up. I know you probably got some, um, you know, some flower arrangements or something to look at for the wedding. It's, it's a big change of pace from from fighting with your bare fists last night. But uh, I, I want to thank you for taking a, a couple of minutes to, to jump on and, and talk about your experience last night. I also want to give a quick shout out to Legendary Tattoos as well. As you guys seen, I was repping some new ink out there. And they're always the ones printing out my banners. And always making sure coming out supporting me and stuff awesome legendary tattoos where are they located uh tarpon all right tarpon springs cool man well i'm gonna let you go uh pick out those those flower arrangements or whatever else you gotta do and uh rest up and and i'll talk to you soon all right i appreciate it boss all right talk to you soon brother take care easy all right you guys heard it dave redneck mundell fresh off of a victory at Bare Knuckle Fighting Championships 8. He also had a victory at Bare Knuckle Fighting Championships 6, which was also in Tampa, Florida. I got to say, guys, this was a, it was an exciting event. I went there, and in the very beginning, I was sitting next to Fabricio Redoom. Um, I, I started talking to him a little bit. I, I said, hey, are you actually going to do this? And he said, yeah, I am. Uh, and I kind of stopped asking questions at that point because I didn't want him to mistake me for Colby Covington and and throw a fucking boomerang at my face or something. He also asked me for gum and I didn't have any. And I, I, I never wished I had a piece of gum in my pocket so bad. Um, because the former UFC heavyweight champion was asking me for it and I didn't have it. And, um, I gotta say, uh, I was a little bit intimidated because that's a bad motherfucker. I mean, it was a building full of bad motherfuckers. I just spoke to one of them, uh, Dave Mundell. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they announced right before the event started that Artem Lobov and Jason Knight are going to run it back, a rematch of their fucking crazy war that they had a couple of months ago. Um, it, if you guys have never seen it, go, just Google image Jason Knight and Artem Lobov and look at the picture of these two after their last fight because it's like something out of a horror movie. They look they look like a Chucky doll that's like all stitched together and bloody. Um, I, I sat next to Jason Knight for a little while last night too, and 
he's super excited because the rematch is going to be next month, um, November. I want to say the 15th. Don't quote me on that. You guys know you don't come here for information. You come here for just reactions and, and me drinking alcohol. But um, it's going to be in Biloxi, Mississippi. I do know that much to be true. Um, I think it's the 16th, Saturday, November 16th. Let's say that. It's, it's pretty soon. So BKFC 9 uh, will be headlined by those two. And, man, they, they really put on a show. The rest of this card was phenomenal from, you know, from top to bottom, the thing with it is, you know, with, with guys who are a little bit more patient, you heard, you heard Dave talk about it, how, you know, people want to see a brawl. It's a bunch of drunk people at a fairgrounds. They're, they're not looking to see like a lot of technique and a lot of strategy here. They're looking to see blood and knockouts and, and they got a lot of it last night, but when that's not happening and guys are, are using head movement and they're, they're being a little bit evasive, um, the, the event slows down significantly. You can kind of feel the energy kind of ebb and flow with the crowd. So it's kind of interesting, very, very different from, from any event I've been to, you know, I've been to tons of UFC events all over the world and, um, you, you know, local MMA shows and, and stuff like this, that bare knuckle boxing definitely has its own vibe. And I was definitely part of the, the people who was very skeptical about it in the beginning. Uh, but now that I've kind of been immersed in the world and, and seen it and talked to a lot of the fighters, um, it, I'm definitely getting roped in a little bit. I got to say it. So it was a good time. Uh, let's start with the, the main event, former UFC heavyweights, Gabriel Gonzaga and uh, Antonio Bigfoot Silva. They were, they were the marquee fight on this, uh, on this card in Tampa, Florida. And, uh, Man, Bigfoot just did not look good, man. He weighed he weighed in at two two hundred eighty four pounds, two hundred eighty five pounds, something like that. Um, he, and you know we've seen him like early in his career, he would be shredded. You know, for a heavyweight, he would be ripped, abs, everything. Um, Gonzaga looked good. He looked about the same uh, as he did in the UFC. And I know he's been keeping in shape because he just came off of a a pretty high profile jujitsu match against uh, Fabiano Scherner, who's a high-level black belt, and he he beat Fabiano in that match as well. as one of those uh, grappling underground or flow grappling, one of those things. I can't remember. These events kind of all blur together. Anyway, Gonzaga knocked out Bigfoot uh, in the second round uh, about – you know, minute 50 seconds into the second round, it was, it was a pretty one-sided beating. It was, it, that wasn't, that wasn't so fun to watch. Um, and, and you kind of knew it was going to go down that way because you look, you saw the look on Bigfoot Silva, like at the weigh-ins and stuff. And I, I don't know. I don't know if he really wanted to be in there, but I wouldn't want to be in there with Gabriel Gonzaga. I know that much. Uh, that's a, that's a mean motherfucker and he's a big dude and he hits hard. And, uh, he put, he put, uh, Bigfoot down hard. The co-main event, Jim Ehlers defeated Julian Lane. You may remember Julian Lane uh, from Bare Knuckle Boxing, but you may also remember him. He was a two-time alumni on The Ultimate Fighter, famous for his Let Me Bang Bro dramatic scene. Uh, <laughs> it was I forget what even the context of it was, but I think he was just he was just drunk in the house one night, and he just kept yelling, let me bang, bro, let me bang, bro. <laughs> And it became like his trademark, you know, people were yelling it even at the fight last night, but, uh, they let him bang at BKFC eight and, 
Unfortunately, he, he was knocked out in the second round by Jim Ehlers, who came out very aggressive. Um, you know, these guys were both swinging hard on each other, you know, two really quick lightweights. Um, but you know, they, they had some good head movement, some good footwork, but you know, with these bare knuckles, it doesn't take much. So, you know, you land a couple of shots and, and you're feeling it immediately. Uh, let's see, I'll skip around this card. I, I'm going to tell you somebody who really impressed me. Abdil Velasquez, um, defeated Rick Caruso via, uh, via TKO 11 seconds into the second round. This one probably could have been stopped in the first round. Velasquez, uh, showed some really nice boxing. You can tell he's got uh, a boxing background. I, I believe he's an MMA fighter as well. Um, but you could tell he he's really got a boxing pedigree just by the way he moved, uh, super quick, super fluid. Uh, this was really one-sided fight. Uh, he dropped Caruso a couple of times in the first round and, um, looks really good. I, I think he probably had the biggest pop from the crowd as well. Did, uh, Velasquez. Then we had, uh, Lorenzo hunt defeated Reggie Pena. This was the only doctor stoppage of the night because Pena had a huge hematoma over his right eye. Uh, and apparently from what I saw on social media, obviously I can't hear the commentary cause I was there. I was there live and, and, uh, you know, it's not commentary is not mic'd up throughout the arena, but they said it, it was like a little swelling. Um, it, it was huge. It was like, it was like a softball coming out of his eye and it, it didn't look like it was impairing his vision or anything, but I guess they really have to err on the side of caution because if he takes a bare knuckle to that hematoma, um, you know, who knows, who knows, uh, what that could do if it could, like cause your brain to hemorrhage. I have no fucking idea. I'm not, I'm not a doctor or a scientist or anything like that. Uh, we got a question here. It says, where's the manimal? Well, the manimal is on a different podcast called MMA and beyond. If you're, if you're talking about Jeff, the animal Wilson, uh, he is, uh, not participating because he didn't watch, uh, the bare knuckle fights. And I was there on my own. So doing this on my own. So here we are. And I'm drinking some old Forester bourbon because why not? Because it's Sunday night. And, uh, you know, that's what I'm feeling like. I had some old Forester in the freezer. Uh, so I'm sipping on that right now. So cheers to all you crazy fucks out there that tuned in to listen to me talk about bare knuckle boxing. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, the only split decision on the card, Joey Angelo and uh, Walra Barros. This was a close fight. I, I had no idea how to score this one. Um, so. Split decision went to Angelos. Good for him. Uh, the only females on the fight, Delaney Owen, also from Gracie Clearwater, teammates with Redneck Mundell, who we just heard from, uh, coming away with the second round TKO, just like her teammate Redneck Mundell over Sheena Starr. Sheena um, had a run in MMA that wasn't so successful, but then she transitioned over to bare knuckle, and uh, she had a knockout in her first bare knuckle fight. So, uh, you know, it, it was kind of, uh, curious to see how this one was going to go because Delaney comes from an MMA background as well, former Invicta fighter, and she looked good. It looked like at first she, she was a little puzzled about how to close the distance, but once she figured out how to get inside on Sheena, uh, it was all over from there. Um, because once she started touching Sheena's chin, uh, Sheena was just spazzing out a little bit, uh, and, and uh, 
didn't really seem to know how to react. And then she got her chin touched a little more. And then, uh, you know, the referee had to step in there. Of course, Dave Mundell got the uh, second round TKO. Uh, oh, first round. This says first round, but it was the second round. These results are wrong. Uh, so we talked about that already. And I got to say, the scariest fighter on this card, I don't know who the fuck's going to want to fight this guy. Also from Gracie Clearwater, Gustavo Trujillo, uh, who came all the way from Cuba to Miami to Clearwater. Uh, so made the trip all the way across the state. He wound up in Clearwater, trains at Gracie Clearwater. This guy is just a monster. He's a light heavyweight in MMA. Uh, I believe this fight was at 210 pounds, 35 second knockout against a guy who, from what I hear has like a lot of MMA experience, 90 something fights or something like that between amateur and professional. And as soon as he got hit by Gustavo, uh, he wanted, you could tell he didn't want to be in there. Um, and Gustavo helped him out by <laughs> face planting him. 35 seconds into the first round and um that uh, apparently a few opponents turned down the fight with gustavo he was having a hard time finding an opponent and, and the one who accepted the fight um was kind of eating the canvas last night so i don't know i don't know who's gonna want to get in there with this guy uh i, I can tell you for sure it's not gonna be me uh but you know if there's anybody out there willing to uh to, to fight this monster. And if you think you might have better luck with him in MMA, the guy is also an Olympic caliber wrestler, by the way. Uh, so if you think like, Oh, well, he hits really hard, but you know, I'm a light heavyweight that can grapple. Well, this is a light heavyweight who can pretty much toss anybody he wants on their ass. Uh, so that's a scary individual. And finally, also from Jared, um, also from Gracie Clearwater, Jared Warren, uh, with a first round knockout of uh, Brian Maxwell. And he looked good in there. It was kind of like a, a leaping hook that he threw. Uh, it was a long time ago that this fight happened. It feels like so much happened between then and now, you know, there was a lot of bare knuckle fighting and there was a lot of bourbon, but um, I remember it was like some kind of leaping strike. Uh, feel free to correct me or, or, you know, make fun of me for remembering it wrong. And you could see these are part of the prelims, Gustavo Trujillo, Jared Warren, and uh, Zach Jusola were, were the three prelims. You could still watch for free on the BKFC website. The rest, I believe you need the fight app. F I T E. Keep that in mind. It's, F, it's not F I G H T. So that's that. I mean, this was a fun event overall. Uh, you know, there was a lot of action. There was like a couple of times where, you know, the production stumbled a little bit and it looked like they had a little bit of dead air and, and they were kind of, you know, working out the kinks, but this is the eighth one. It's not like they've been doing this forever. Uh, you know, it seems like they're, they're starting to find a rhythm with it. So this is the second one that was in Tampa. The next one's going to be in Mississippi. Uh, so that should be a good time. Of course, it's going to be headlined, like I said earlier, by Mississippi Mean, Jason Knight. And, uh, man, if you guys haven't seen that first fight between Jason Knight and Artem Lobov, you got to go back and watch that. It was that was one of the craziest spectacles of, of combat sports in recent memory. And, and they just beat the fuck out of each other. I mean, these guys legitimately don't care 
about their well-being in there. And, uh, you know, that's that's the kind of performances you, you hope for in bare-knuckle boxing. At least I think so, anyway. I don't know. I don't have all the answers. Again, if you guys were looking for uh, MMA talk today, that's going to be the previous episode, 162. Uh, and if you want to give Jeff the Animal Wilson a hard time for not appearing on any episodes this weekend, you can do so via social media at animal underscore Wilson on Twitter and Instagram. And I also forgot to get uh, Dave Mundell's uh, Instagram. So it is redneck Mundell at redneck Mundell on Instagram. So make sure to go give him a follow as well. And you guys know how to get a hold of me. It's at MMA on the rocks. Or maybe you don't know how to get a hold of me because you're tuning in because this is about bare knuckle boxing. Um, but in any case, it's at MMA on the rocks everywhere on social media. Visit MMA on the rocks.com. Uh, I'll be putting an article up about this event at some point. And that's all I got about BKFC eight. It was a fun event overall. I think, uh, you know, they're, they're definitely winning me over because, you know, you, you recognize a lot of names on this card. Uh, so they're not really taking the, the boxing model completely where you have like one headlining fight and then the rest is like, who the fuck are these people? Um, it, and you guys know, if you're a regular listener to the show, you know that I watch pretty much ev every MMA card from top to bottom. And I usually know majority of the fighters. It seems like that's more of the model they're going for. You know, they want to bring in people from MMA. They want to bring in people from boxing that are recognizable. And it looks like they're trying to build their own set of stars as well. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how this thing plays out. I, I plan on continuing to, to follow along on the journey to see how it goes. You know, especially if my teammates keep going in there and knocking everybody out, um, Gracie Clearwater going four and zero on the night. So a big shout out to uh, coach Jeff Bailey, who, who put this all together and, um, you know, coach them all to these victories. All right, that's it. I've had it with all of you. So I'm logging off now and um, reach out on social media. Let me know what you guys are thinking and drinking out there. Until next time, cheers, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>